Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. What's new, Sean? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. What's new with you, Derek? No. <laughs> Actually, there is, uh, well, not something new, but uh, something interesting. As you know, my daughter's taken art history at university there and curatorial studies and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we had to go to the, well, she had to go down to the Royal Ontario Museum. They had a couple exhibits I wanted to see. First, the, the Viking exhibit, um, which is pretty cool. Then they also had the Anishinaabe uh, exhibit. Okay, and that is? A lot of art. Um from the a native the native uh, group. Okay. Um, not to get. There's another exhibit they have there, the First Peoples, uh, exhibit. Um, but yeah, so I want to see that. It was art, and and they had some. Uh, it was mostly some of the, the Vikings, dress though, right? and yeah, it was mostly the Vikings I wanted to see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they actually they had they had some really some of the art there was was phenomenal, really well done. I mean, it's your. Um, you know, you see the, 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 the nature drawn into the arts, painted into it and all that sort of stuff. It was really cool to, to see it. Uh, but then after that, so when my daughter was finished there, cause she had to do, do, uh, some stuff there, we went down and checked out in the, uh, Daphne Cockwell gallery, uh, the first people's exhibit. And they had four birch bark canoes there. Three of them were like your regular 15 to 16 birch bark canoes. Okay. The fourth one was a 36 foot Montreal freight canoe. 36 foot. foot birch bark Holy canoe. Holy cow. It was massive. And it was built by Caesar Nawashish. No way, really. That, so remember that's, we, we that's talked Caesar. about that's, uh, that's National Caesar's, Film Board yeah. Caesar. Caesar's bark canoe. Anybody who's seen Caesar build a canoe, this is... Yeah, well, that's that, really yeah, because cool. we we talked about. It. I'm and that's why I'm telling my daughter. I said, "Hey, this is built by the guy that we talked about, and I've watched his his uh, film a few times on uh, the National Film Board of Canada site, huh. and that was pretty cool. And for anybody that hasn't seen uh, Caesar's Bark Canoe, it's an hour long documentary, and it shows how to build a birch bark canoe the old ways. You know, using birch bark, cedar splints." spruce gum roots and all that sort of stuff yeah like, that's how it was made before it's an amazing process to watch yeah and it's like it's and i don't know if anybody like everybody's i think knows about national film board but there's apps you can get for your phone the national film board app and you can watch all of these videos and uh so it's really interesting like i've seen this caesar's bark canoe it's mm-hmm. uh the process to watch him build it it's it's very methodical and and it's uh I don't know, it's it's amazing. I didn't realize you, you kind of think to yourself like, well, this is a native. He builds his canoes. He's, I'm never going to see one, but now I can go They're right see there. one. I yeah. find that actually very exciting. Yeah. I, well, and that's the first thing I'm thinking. Hey, I know this guy. <laughs> I know this guy. <laughs> I don't know know him, but I know you know you know of him. And to actually see one of his things, and you're looking at how he did things, and it yeah. looks exactly like the the um, the film did, except his hands you know, live were and on in, that and in person. Yeah, I just thought that was uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Actually, that is really cool. I like that. So yeah, so yeah, there's if if you ever want to see some really cool stuff, the Royal Ontario Museum has some really neat stuff. I think I've only ever been there once. I've been there a few times. I remember going and seeing uh, King Tut was there back in oh yeah way 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 back. Huh. Um, I think I was in North Bay at the time. Um. But the, and the same with. Uh, when I lived up in Petawawa, we came down on a school trip, and they had a really cool medieval section. And it's not as good as it used to be, but I remember, because that's what I was right into at the time with the history, and I thought that was really cool. But now they've got all these different things. They just had the blue whale exhibit, which I know you said you'd, you'd uh, wanted to see. Yeah, so I was I was at the ROM there recently, and they had the outline on the floor of the blue whale that they got from Newfoundland, but they hadn't finished curing the bones so i i never got to see it and you say that the bones are gone now yep yeah you missed it march till <laughs> september and now september's gone long gone but uh, we actually were there and we saw the pompeii exhibit huh that was pretty neat they actually had one spot they had um they, they there was something written on a mat on the door yeah basically saying you know this dog guards 
beware of dog, you know, guards our house sort of thing. Okay. And they had, when they uncovered it all, they actually found the chain and the collar of the dog. No. By that, yeah. So, of course, you know, the dog's Poor body dog. was, yeah. you know. Eaten away. Eaten away by all by the, the uh, ash and lava and whatever. Pyroplastic flow. And, uh, yeah, they actually, had yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty cool. They found people hugged together, yeah. like hugging together when they died. Yeah. And they now, had the casts the exhibit, of all that. They have, they had casts, I assume. They didn't oh, yeah, they didn't the have actual, the, the yeah. real. I, imagine, I yeah. can't imagine they'd actually move the bodies around. I wouldn't well, think King so. Well, King Tut, they moved his body. Well, him, yeah. 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 When it was most all, all his gold and yeah. stuff, right? Treasures. I wonder if that was before or after he did his little stint at the, the uh, New York Metropolitan Museum. You know, museum with uh, oh Ben Stiller. Yeah, <laughs> that could have been after. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know what? Yeah, they they have some really cool stuff. And like I say, seeing the first people's exhibit there, they have like Sitting Bull's headdress and huh. and a whole bunch of stuff down there. It's really cool to see the history. My kids of it. are getting older. I'm gonna have to start going there. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's uh, like I say. Well, I mean, like I say, my daughter. That's what she's wanted to do. Yeah. You know, she's going to university for that sort of thing. So she goes down there a few times and uh, does different um, assignments. And So eventually she'll be able to get me into museums for free? She's going to open the back door and we can all get in the back door. Oh, the you fire know escape. What? You could see the uh, unauthorized tours. Yeah, that's right. She goes stuff. down and she says, oh yeah, no, I had to fill out a form and I get access to the libraries that no one else gets access to. Yes. Like, oh. That is so cool. Isn't it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy or a girl. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you need in the rum? I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's new with me. That's what that's what we did last uh, Saturday. But yeah, I spent we spent the whole day down there on Saturday. That'd be a good day. It was. It really was. Then we went for ramen noodles and hit the subway home. <laughs> ramen we, noodles? Ramen noodles, yeah. <laughs> She's right into like everything Asian. Right? So sushi and ramen and that's this bowl that you get with the soup and there's noodles in it and an egg in it and onions and stuff yeah yeah stuff there's no fish eyes or anything <laughs> what no, nothing funky no fun like that. that no when i when i see my fish shot or my fish eye soup staring back at me yeah, i'm done there's nothing funnier than having a fish eye pop between your teeth oh yeah good yeah <laughs> so, no it was a good day it was a good day Excellent. <laughs> so what about you? What's new with you? Well, you know, I, I just, when we were talking about this and, and getting ready for the show, I, it's one of those things, it's, it's fall. We had our first little flakes and flurries, although people up north have like more people in Mew Lake there. Uh, I was watching some posts that uh, they, they're plowing the roads and campsites already in Mew Lake, although we're getting a warm up. And then there's going to cool down again. And then there's going to be warm up. But anyways, this time of year, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really the weather is so unpredictable, right? And it just, you get to thinking as the, you know, warms up and you see your lawn again, it's like, oh, summer. You know, so you think about the trips you're on and, and you start thinking, oh yeah, you know what? We were thinking, you know, I, we, I went to Restool last summer. Yep. Or this summer. This summer past. This, this year, this couple, you know, a couple months back. So. It, it was, uh, I never even knew it existed. And the only reason we booked it is because I booked late and there was two Ontario Provincial Parks that had a campsite open <laughs> of, of all of them, right? So right. it's like, I'll take what I can get. So it's like, okay, we're stool. And it turned out to be a fantastic choice because of the, they have backcountry camping and paddling, mm -hmm. front country camping. And, and so we, we paddled, we canoed while we were there. You can get, there's rental canoes, rental kayaks, there's paddle, stand up paddle boards. There's all kinds of stuff you can do at Restool. So it, it was reminding me as I'm thinking about, you know, with, and, you know, you're sad because summer's over. And so it started making me think, you know, this is, that's where I want to go next year, but I want to go for a whole week this time instead of a long weekend. Right. Right. So yeah, it's it's just, is, it is a nice park. It really is. You Have you been to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an yeah. amazing park. Like, There's I, a I didn't even know it existed. bee place just outside the park. A bee place? Yeah. You can get all types of honey. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, I remember seeing a sign for that. You should have stopped. I didn't. It was, we were. You go inside. They got all these different weekend. little taste tests of different types of oh, honey. Yeah? Buckwheat honey. This is honeysuckle. This is buckwheat. Yeah. 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 All different cool. types. Yeah. We're a big honey eating family mm -hmm. here. But I still do have one camping trip left, right? So 
It's uh, going camping in the snow. Yes, I'm hoping for snow. I'm really hoping for snow. It's uh, it's. I, I guess I really should call it glamping. I'm, it, and really it, because of the weather is unpredictable. It's I can't decide whether to bring my canoe or my snowshoes. So we'll see. Bring them both. Like I know that a lot of people up north, they're like uh, Bancroft area. There, there's ice on the lakes. Yeah. In the bays, just in the bays, you can't stand on it, but there's ice forming, right? So I wanna, I wanted to bring my canoe, but it's the water's gonna be super cold. Yes. So it's one of those things. It's like, well, okay, well, we're gonna have to stay within ten feet of land, and you can't really cross any bays. You can't cross any open water. It's just not worth the risk, right? Because of the yeah. cold water. But uh, but then again, it's like, well, winter's coming, right? It's uh, it's time to break out the snowshoes, the sleds. So I'm gonna, my daughter's gonna be with me, and I'm going with. Uh, we talked about this before. I'm going with the uh, uh, a friend of mine, Barb. She was the best man at my wedding, and so she's bringing her son, and I'm bringing my daughter, and we're gonna have a little camping weekend. We don't often get together, but we're gonna do it. We're gonna go glamping. We're gonna be doing it in an RV. So. That should be it's, fun. We're kind, of, we're kind of cheating on the on the winter, and but it's it's shoulder season. You can't really predict. You don't know if you're gonna get rain or snow, right? Yeah. However, when it comes to winter, yes, don't necessarily put away your kayak yet. Yeah, and you know it's it that brings up a thought is like most people, or I shouldn't say most people, when you think about people who do paddling throughout the seasons, like a lot of people throw in the towel. Like, uh, yeah, I, once, I know once for once myself, canoeing, it's like, pff, I'm done with that. I, you know, if I have to, I've heard stories of, uh, people hanging off the bow of the canoes, hammering away the ice so they could get back in to get out of the camping yeah. trip. Right. So is a lot of people throw in the towel, but one thing that has always impressed me, and I've got a few paddling friends at work that, uh, they paddle year round. And it's like, like, it's unbelievable the fortitude that whitewater kayakers have when it comes to paddling well when you think about it where did the kayak come from exactly and and that's that's the history of the kayak when it's originally designed and created by by the inuit for for hunting in Mm -hmm. rough weather stormy weather icy weather you don't want to be in an open boat for that kind of stuff no no not at all so you want something that's going to shed the waves that you're going to be able to, you're going to stay low in the water, low in the water because you want to be able to sneak up on animals and stuff like that. And uh, low in the waters, so you don't, the wind doesn't affect you and whatever. So it's what's interesting and in what I, I started to get into whitewater kayaking a long time ago, but I didn't have the fortitude. <laughs> I didn't like the cold water. And, you know, maybe if I had bought a, uh, a dry suit, it might have changed, but uh, I just couldn't take the cold. Well, you wuss. definitely need to dress for it. That is, yes. that is. I mean, yes. it's, it is a total different type of paddling that you got to be prepared for. It's not your wake up Sunday morning on a nice sunny July day, jump in your kayak and go. Yes. Right. You have to uh, be prepared. You've got to have your dry suit. You know, and- you head to toe, totally covered. Stay dry. That's the big, big thing. And credit to the paddle sport industries for gear and whatnot. Like if there's a gap, if there's a hole somewhere, if somebody feels a chink in their armor, somebody's there to fill that gap. So, so like there's the 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 mix of dry suits, wet suits, and and pogey gloves, and and skull caps, and you know, it, like a lot of and you know, actually surprisingly, uh, a lot of people if from people at work that I've talked to and stuff like that, they still prefer uh, the uh, booties, the wetsuit booties. Yep. So they, they they haven't really migrated much to dry suit booties. They're out there. It exists. But a lot of people still, well, it, because they're bulky, people don't, you can't use them in, in, in the playboats and stuff like that. So yeah. they still use the, like, almost like scuba diving booties, right? I've got a pair of those. Yeah. And actually when I was, a couple of times I've done my late fall, trips i'll wear those oh yeah they they do actually keep your feet a bit warmer than just like if i've had keens or solomon's on yeah well i I put these instead of just putting a pair of socks on under to keep your feet a bit warm you put these on they do get a bit they do get wet but they they stay a lot warmer i I, when it starts getting cold and muddy i often break out the rubber boots rubber boots yeah 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 
but yeah, you got to get a dry suit. Plus, you know, you wear your warm clothes underneath, like you know, like a nice wool, merino wool shirt or something underneath. Yeah. You protect your hands. Definitely got to protect your hands. And w- when it comes to protecting hands, like there's a, I, the, there's a girl at work. She has a pair of these. They're, they're, they're called pogies or something yeah, like that. And it, I had to, uh, she talked to me about it. I, it wasn't until tonight that I actually saw a picture, but she was telling me about it. And it's basically, there's sleeves that permanently attach to your paddle. You yep. just you feed your, your hands, hands in. in and you can still grip your paddle. So if you didn't want gloves, you could still feel the plastic or the fiberglass shaft of the paddle. Or you put on some neoprene gloves and they fit into these gloves and these little boots on yeah. your paddle. It's it's a really nifty idea. It keeps the rain and the water off your hands. I used and... to have a pair of those for my uh, motorcycle that were like that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, keep your hands warm. And what does your mother always tell you? If you're going outside, put a hat on. <laughs> There's even helmets now that you can put like a neoprene balaclava on or yes, something like that. Or an any. outer layer or yeah. an inner liner yep. or whatever, right? Uh, now, one thing I never thought of, when it gets colder, the skirt won't stretch as good. Oh, right? I never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. it'll lose its stretchiness. So you got to get a bungee skirt as opposed to a randed skirt. The bungee will keep stretching a yeah. bit more. Sometimes you need people to help you yeah. get that on and off. Huh. Um, and then, yeah, of course, like, like you're talking, the footwear. Ditch your tight neoprene booties for something less restrictive that won't limit the circulation uh, when you put thick wool socks underneath. Yes, Which exactly. would be good for those dry yeah. suit booties, right? Yeah. Safety is a big thing. Paddle with a buddy. Don't be going out alone. I mean, that's just, that to me is just common sense. Yeah. And just there's swimming, a lot of, diving, all that sort of. There's a lot of people that prefer to be solo with their, with their trips or their day trip, but. Not at it, that time it, of year. Yeah. This time of year, or this time of year and, and moving forward, it's, you really got to be with a group because it's the safety aspect. It doesn't take much to like in the summer you, you, uh, you have whatever incident happens, then you kind of brush it off you sit on shore and you catch your breath but in the winter time it's a completely different hypothermia yeah sort, yeah It'll kill so make you sure quick. you're out there with a buddy it's gonna kill you yeah um check the weather forecast that's common sense again paddle in areas you know exploring is for the summer yeah you yeah. know like let's go to try out this new area if you don't know you don't know what you're getting into you know you could just be throwing yourself into a Total dirt bag. Yeah, there's a lot of risk. Yeah. Take your time because you don't want to be going gung-ho sweating so much. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sweating kills you. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You should take extra clothing, equipment, um, thermos of hot water, first aid kit, emergency kit, you know, a way to start a fire in like a dry bag or something. Yes. Just in case. Yeah. You know, just throw that inside. Here's something I never thought of. If your PFD gets wet, zippers and buckles will freeze, uh, could freeze, right? Depending on the temp- temperature, yeah. So when you get back to your truck, where are your keys? <laughs> oh, well, that's in the front pocket of my PFD, which I can't now open. Yeah, yeah. Or it's inside my dry suit in the yeah. inner pocket. Yeah, and I, I can't, can't get, get my PFD it. off, right? <laughs> Somebody light a fire. Stuck. Yeah. Deck ice builds up quickly when you from your paddle, right? Yeah. The water drip and stuff like yeah. that. So things like your uh, bilge pump and anything that's on top of the deck, yeah, freeze. Yeah. Right. All that water dripping. Um, it reminds me. I saw a picture tonight when we were looking at this stuff, and it was such a cool view. It was a uh, it was a bow view on a kayak, and they were paddling through some some little waterways and there was like a layer of snow and ice over the cold deck of their boat where they were in a snowstorm and it just i i thought oh that just looks awesome yeah yeah <laughs> until you need something that's on there yeah, like the yeah. bungees won't won't yeah, hold their exactly. stretch and yeah. all that sort of stuff right yeah it's, it's great for uh for a nice photograph yeah but the visuals and yeah if you're all snuggly in your uh in your sea kayak and you're going through some Georgian Bay in a safe area, inland, in in sheltered waters. That'd be so awesome to have it being in, in the middle of the day in a in a light snowfall flurries and stuff like that, where the big flakes are falling and still kind of warm. And 
Gives you that warm, fuzzy feeling yeah, inside. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, that would be fun. That'd be nice. Uh, the pack ice moves yes. with the current and the wind. Yes. So and if you're we, traveling somewhere and you're thinking, well, I'm going to get out here. Well, if all the ice has moved in, you're not getting in there. And it moves, and you think, oh, it's clear here. When I come back, it'll be clear. No, it may not be clear because mm-hmm. that bay that you launched from could now, when you return, it could have like six or eight inches of pack ice that have moved in and you can't get through it. Yep. And there's a prime example of that is, uh, is, uh, Tracy Lynn Martin. Tracy when she Lynn started. Martin. So she made yep. two attempts. Well, she her third attempt was successful, but twice she got caught in pack ice this spring when she was trying to do her Great Lakes trip. Yep. And it uh, it, it, yeah, and you know, even people who are who are prepared and and uh, are, are knowing what to expect, and and she got caught off guard. So it's one of those things you have to really consider, like on larger lakes and on more open and wind wind open for wind uh bays then you're gonna you could get pack ice move in or whatever so it's, it's one of those things you have to consider in the winter time it's like you think about another another exit another point. another exit point that yep. on a point where the pack ice won't land and you just kind of walk the kilometer to your vehicle or something right yeah and be prepared for the shoreline could be icy as well oh, you yeah. know you're getting the water coming yeah. up and down all the time so you're going to be slipping sliding and could be a hazard when you're trying to launch and the biggie of course is hypothermia I think we don't need to go into that one. Just everybody knows. Yes. What, you know, that time of year, if you're out kayaking in the winter, mm-hmm. hypothermia should be top of your list. Yeah. And it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt to uh, anybody who does any winter paddling to refresh their memory. To, like go to Wikipedia, go to Google and, and look at the, the symptoms of hypothermia, just so you're mm-hmm. familiar with it for yourself or for a paddle partner. If you, you want to be able to watch out for the people you're paddling with and as well have your the people you're paddling with watch out for you. Yeah, I mean, just to cap this all off, it is risky. Yes, everything you do you know? is risky. Everything. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's winter. I mean, everything is that calculated. cold water is a huge risk. Yeah, and you're right in it. Yes, right. Yeah, your butt's so, almost touching it. If you go, make sure you have the skills to handle the conditions you're paddling in. Yeah. Like when you start seeing big waves and you know in the summer you're always flipping around in big waves, then don't be going out. <laughs> if it's nice glass yeah. and that's the sort of stuff you do, then you know what? Have a fun day out there. Unless you're whitewater, uh, unless you're whitewater kayaking and then that's a different issue. The other thing is if you are doing rolls and stuff like that this time mm-hmm. of year, your ears, make sure oh. they're plugged with something. Yes. Because the cold water going in and out, freezing and stuff like that, yeah. cause hearing damage. So remember that one. Uh, consider winter paddling only on the days that are well within your partner's skill level. <laughs> not just yours, yes. but your partner as well. Yeah. Because you may be good at doing this, but if they're not. Yeah. You don't want to leave your popsicle out there in the in the, in the the lake and you have to explain to somebody's family how you lost them. Yeah. 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 It's, it's easy to die out there when you're not careful. Something can happen just like that. So, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, do a lot of research first, but if you're still hankering for some paddle time and you're into the kayak, like I say, just remember where the kayak came from. Yeah. Do your research and make sure you got the proper equipment and somebody else that's in there with you and uh, head out and do a little bit of paddling. Hard water season is upon us and the kayak is made for it. That's right. Let's say a quick commercial and we'll be right back. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. Derek, it's time for our second annual... Christmas gift extravaganza. 
<laughs> uh, this is just a little idea for Christmas gifts if you're hunting for the paddler in your house. Uh, I know I always appreciate ideas for gift giving because uh, I'm a guy. I don't think about that stuff until like it's too late. So Boxing Day, you run out and buy all your stuff <laughs> inappropriately. Give me a give me a card with money in it. I'm good. That's perfect. I'll do shopping yeah. for you. I was <laughs> just throw, throw a fifty in that card and heck, just throw a fifty. I told my <laughs> my niece, and I hate it when people buy me gifts. So uh, I keep telling them don't buy me stuff so but they keep buying me stuff so now i'm redirecting them and and this year she said uh derek what do you want for christmas i said i want a fancy pair of socks and she says okay like socks with a tie on them no like like dress colorful interest no not dress socks oh that's sort of like my mr spock socks there you go ears out the side perfect something that's fun a fun pair of socks so she said okay I'll get you a fun pair of socks and a bottle of booze. <laughs> You're getting right a pair up my, of right socks that look like penises. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just don't, I, I don't like when people waste money. If you know, if somebody made me something, that would be awesome. Well, it's the, you know, I get asked the same question. What do you want? Well, what I want, there's not much I need because I buy if I need it. Yeah. But what I want is, I would have it if it didn't cost so much money. Yeah. So just give me money towards it. <laughs> like five years ago, I, uh, no, more than that. Anyways, a long time ago, <laughs> I, I went out and it's like a table saw. It was on sale and it was, uh, I thought, oh, I need a table saw. I've been wanting a table saw. I've been waiting for them to go on sale. I went out, picked up the table saw, got home. My wife looks at it. She goes, you're taking that back. It's like, what? Oh. Okay, I understand. <laughs> and I do that all the time. She keeps buying me stuff and I already have it. And so she can't really buy me stuff. Yeah. Well, that's where I'm at this at this point. So uh, the easiest things to get are gift cards. Like from sale, Mountain yeah. Equipment Co-op, online stores, so, stuff like it, that. It, it can be kind of impersonal, but it, it really depends on who you're gift giving for. Yeah. It's like, you're, you know, the Secret Santa at work gift card is perfect. Yeah. Right. Well, even still, like you can build them up, right? And that's the thing is, you're, like with sale gift cards, I know there's something I want at sale or Mountain Equipment Co-op. Yes. Then everybody, you know, if and you're getting you... me a $20 gift, get me a $20 gift card because then I can put it with that person's $20 yeah. gift card and that person's and that person. Yeah. All of a sudden I got $200. Bang. I just bought myself a new exactly. whatever. Your new Gen 3 spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we won't get into that. <laughs> yeah. We won't touch that one. <laughs> something that I thought of, which is a bit different a bit pricey maybe but um courses and classes like that sign somebody up for yes. the matawaska canoe centers whitewater exactly paddling learn how, learn how to that course you took to learn how to whitewater it, and paddle. that's perfect and something like that is something that you would buy for like your brother or, mm-hmm. your, or your sister or your your wife or your husband or whatever right that's something is you're you're gonna be spending money you're not buying it for a co-worker yeah 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 <laughs> but yeah. that's perfect is like i would i would so totally do that then if my wife was more interested in paddling right now she's a mother and so she doesn't do a lot of stuff on the side and mm-hmm. and she doesn't really want to it's not her thing right now but eventually when the kids are grown up she's going to want to start doing paddling and i am going to buy her one of those courses well that and uh wilderness first aid courses i mean you oh, see those everywhere right? you know that would be perfect for anybody yeah. so there's a perfect gift yeah. right there yeah let's talk stocking stuffers Stocking that's, stuffers. Y- you don't think about stocking, but that's pretty fun easy, stuff. though. And that's the stuff you like buying because it's fun to buy for somebody. That's you know what? When I buy stuff, st- stocking stuffers for my uh, for my family, I get more fun out of getting it for them than I'm sure they get. You always put the orange stuff. at the bottom of the sock. <laughs> <laughs> Food shouldn't go in unless it's chocolate. Coat shouldn't go in a stocking. Uh, but yeah, you get a lot of small stuff. Fox Forty whistle. Yeah, perfect. a life straw. Yeah. Compass, because yeah. yeah. a lot of everybody has a compass, an actual and, compass, right? You know, actually, a lot of people are less and less people have compasses now, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a really ideal thing. If you find a compass that's compact and flat that it can fit in a map case, and then you can give it to your loved one, they can you can stick it in their map case, and then you know that they have this. Like a, a, a compass is one of those 
the batteries don't die. Yep. It, it, it's always going to work like it should. It's it's one of those backup emergency things. You really should have it, and you really should uh, learn how to use it. Yes. Uh, a headlamp. Yeah. Oh, perfect. How about that f- portable fire starter kit from EOG? Oh. has the, the flint yep. and steel in it, has the little beeswax fuses. That's what you to, got last sorry, Christmas for. And the bellows. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That's little portable. I mean, that's perfect. Fits right in your stocking. It's beautiful. I bought two of them last year. One was going to be a gift. I ended up using both for myself. I just distributed it all through all my gear. So I have two of the blowers. I have lots of matches. I have lots of the little little uh, beeswax yeah. uh, fire that, that, that bellows is fantastic. I love it. Yeah. I, I've used uh, I've used both now. I keep, keep one with one set of gear and another with another set of gear. Oh, I need like I don't four want to forget of them. It. <laughs> yeah, it's like hammers. I never have oh, a hammer. I never, enough hammer. <laughs> I never have a hammer where you need to have a hammer. Uh, portable games. Yes, this is... Uh, I, especially with the kids on a rainy day, uh, we, what we've often done, we've, uh, we've drawn out a checkerboard on, on the back of a map and used rocks and, and stuff like that. It's one of those things that's like in a pinch, you're, you know, you get trapped in a rainy day. It's like, well, I never thought to bring a stupid. Yeah. If you're under a tarp or something. Exactly. You're trapped in the rain and you're not going to like, if I was out by myself, I'd put on a, a poncho and go paddling. But I'm not gonna send my four-year-old and seven-year-old. Okay, we're going paddling. But Dad, it's raining. <laughs> so it's it's good to have something for them. And and I'm not one of those people. I'm not gonna plug them into an iPod or an iPad camping. Right, that stuff stays home. So it's it's perfect to. Uh, usually I get them coloring books, but I'm thinking now. And I, as they're getting older, they need little portable folding checkerboards or chess boards and and stuff like that there's a lot of portable games out there yeah. like like uh you could easily play um what's it the, the, you throw the stones across the lawn bocce bocce ball, bocce ball. you can get beanbag bocce ball and play it inside a tent or under a tarp yeah it'd be perfect for the kids right yeah i know i've got a uh checkerboard chessboard uh on the bottom of my bear barrel oh, yeah. lid yeah. Right. So you perfect. just find rocks and you find yeah. pine cones or something and, and do that. Yeah. Because you don't, you, you don't want rainy days, but, and you don't want to plan for rainy days, but, it, but you it's need to happen. be prepared. For usually I have, days. I have a deck of cards in my bear barrel. I usually have a couple decks of cards. Yeah. In my but, barrel. Uh, yeah. A four year old and a seven year old is really hard to play like euchre or poker with them, right? <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter's hitting you up for money. Come on. How many cards you need? Oh, full house, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah. beat my royal flush. Yeah. <laughs> Mom, dad owes me forty bucks. <laughs> uh, then there's your bigger items, like yes. a paddle, dry bags, which everybody uses dry bags. Everybody uses right? dry bags, yeah. and and we talked about paddles there, yeah yesterday, and and you know you kind of said who's going to buy somebody a paddle? It's like mm-hmm. actually a paddle is a really good idea because it's one of those things. Like I bought. Uh, at the best man at my wedding, I bought her a paddle as a as a best man gift for the wedding, and I spent it was like a three hundred dollar paddle. It's a it's a cedar bent shaft paddle. Yep. And it's the a beautiful paddle and something she would never have bought for herself. Yeah. And yeah. She, if, you, if you want to spend the money on something like exactly, that, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it was a, it was a good idea gift for for the best man gift thing, right? Yeah, that's cool. Something different. Yeah. Uh, a map case. Yes. Which I actually got last year. I had asked for a map case and got one. Yeah. Because my old one had died. <laughs> and map cases are crucial. Like keeps yeah. your maps dry and, uh, and like a lot of the maps. My old are, one didn't. I <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a lot of like when I go often when I go camping now I print off maps. Mm-hmm. So it's inkjet printer and and that ink runs and so you want to keep it dry and yeah. like sure I buy the canoe routes maps and stuff like that for like Algonquin but often if I'm you know, if I'm looking at like Crownland camping or if I'm Halliburton looking at water trails, Halliburton water like trails, that. exactly. So there, unfortunately their map isn't all that good. And when we went to Halliburton water trails, we had printed off, uh, different maps. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it really, you need to keep them dry. Yes. Uh, how about books? For instance, Kevin Callan's new winter camping book. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's it, a plug for you. <laughs> it'd be it'd be an odd book for a summer camping trip, but for winter camping, it's yeah. a perfect book. Well, it's a Christmas gift. Uh, yes. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. I say, that's why we're talking yeah. Christmas gifts here. Yeah. Oh, the crotch pot. <laughs> yes. If you missed our episode on the crotch pot, you might want to go back and listen to that one. <laughs> There's videos online. Yeah. The crotch pot fits down the front of your pants. All right. <laughs> Here's your oatmeal, sir. If anybody's uh, missed that episode, you got to go back and listen to it. Google crosspot and then... Crock, and crotch then, pot. Yeah, crotch yeah, pot. It's and exactly then... what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, you're not pulling any punches here. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. How you cook your meal? <laughs> Down the front of my pants. <laughs> I ain't lying. <laughs> and, you know, it's it, crotch pot is perfect because where do you shed I'm most I'm buying one for heat? grandma. <laughs> Where does the body shed most of its heat? The groin area. I was like, always a head because that's why I was told to wear a hat. It's head and groin. Well, <laughs> with the crotch spot, you need insulating layer. Yeah. Is your pants? Yeah, because that's what. Yeah, when you when because it's made basically for hikers and that yeah, too, right? And most of the time, people wear pants. Yeah. So you stick the crotch spot down there. You cook up your oatmeal for breakfast or soup for lunch, mm-hmm. and you're good you got to go. knead the bag every so often. So yep. will you put your hands in your pants and knead yep. the bag. Exactly. And hopefully you don't pass someone else going the other way and they're what watching you. What are you doing? You. <laughs> I'm mixing my I food. Yeah. What do you think I'm doing? I'm mixing up soup, buddy. <laughs> Eyes are up here. <laughs> <laughs> I was walking down making my crotch pot dinner and dude's looking at my crotch. <laughs> Eyes are up here, buddy. <laughs> uh, last but not least, and this is a good one, I've actually have actually had... I just made uh, garlic powder. Yes, I could smell it. You can smell that, right? Yeah. My house smells Italian. (laughs) Uh, Dehydrator. Yes. That's a perfect gift. It is. It's a fantastic gift. And for any families who are, and paddle partners who have been thinking about getting into more of the natural meals and less about the the prepackaged, chemically traced, laced, meals thing and you want so, to start packing lighter on, yeah, on trips you want to pack lighter you want to make some really nice meals and and customize it then mm-hmm. a dehydrator is perfect well this is good if you're kayak tripping yes right because it packs down so, so much smaller yeah you have and so you, you've got room. so little room in a yeah. kayak to, pa- to yeah. pack this is perfect um yeah so that's our second annual christmas gift extravaganza <laughs> <laughs> tips and and whatnot for what to get yes. the paddler in your house. If anybody out there can think of anything to add to this list, please drop us a line. We'll add it to our Facebook page. And uh, maybe it'll give us ideas for next year's third annual Christmas gift extravaganza. And uh, remember, I take money. <laughs> anybody have you wanted to buy me yes. something? Yes. I, I take any denomination. Yeah, if you don't want to buy me a gift card, just give me cash. Yeah, just give me cash. I'm good with that. I'm good. <laughs> Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio. Whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle and get on the water. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, Derek, speaking of Christmas gifts, there's one here. It sort of fits in with what something else I've been thinking. Bear Mountain Boats. I was on their site, and I noticed that they're selling a 1-12th scale model canoe. Yes, and when you first told me about this, I thought, oh, I have one of those, Sean. But then, uh, well, the one I have is uh, a much lesser model. Yeah. <laughs> the one I have, it's like uh, it's like a $15 thing, and you cobble the little pieces of uh, balsa wood together, and you end up with some ugly form of boat. Yeah. Well, this is a bit different, because it's $125. Yes. 
you have the choice of a 16-foot chestnut prospector or a 16-foot Peterborough Canadian, but when you do the 112 scale thing, it's 16 inches. Yes. As opposed to 16 feet. Yes. So <laughs> one for one. It's a wooden boat kit for somebody that wants to try building their own cedar strip yes. canoe. Um, so basically what you're doing, instead of building a full-sized cedar stripper in your yeah. garage, yeah. you can build a tabletop 16-inch one first. And it is, by all conventions, it is identical to a full-size canoe. Yeah. All the steps, the whole process. Yep. For a fraction of the cost. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. yeah. So, and the, the, yeah, when you're done with it, there's a little display stand that, you, you know, you can display it on on your desk or your bookshelf or whatever. But the kit includes materials to make the mold, the planking, decks, stems, gunnels, swartz, paddles, and the display stand. Yeah. Right? So you build it all just like you normally, yeah, like you would a real full one. full on. Yeah. You're building a cedar stripper canoe. It has the West System epoxy fiberglass yeah. cloth. And that's the part that kind of blew me away. A 40-page instruction booklet. Suitable for ages 14 and up. <laughs> uh, and it says it takes about 35 hours to complete. This is an incredible little model. Like, when you think that you're actually going to be Building a cedar, you're going to be doing a, uh, a cedar stripper and you're going to putting epoxy and glass coat mm -hmm. on this craft. And the pictures online, you look at it, it's like if, if you didn't know that this was a miniature model, it's like, hey, that's a nice canoe. Oh, wait, that's only 16 inches long. It's only long. 16 inches long, yeah. Imagine how easy it would be to portage that, port, be to portage that canoe. Oh, I could do it like <laughs> right in a pocket or I something. Could, I could carry two. <laughs> I'll see your two and I'll raise you one. I carry three of them bad boys. <laughs> um, so that gets you thinking about what if you were to do that, that just give you that little bit of know-how on what to expect to do a full one. Yes. Which I've been thinking about a winter project. Mm -hmm. I'm debating whether to do a cedar strip canoe or a kayak. Okay. Ever since we went to the Quiet Water Symposium and I saw those kayaks those guys oh, have built. Oh, aren't, aren't those they were amazing? Just, uh, yeah, I'm sure mine would look like a dirty bag Those guys of have some amazing skills. Or something compared amazing to that. Amazing skills. Yeah, they, they were beautiful kayaks. So what gets me thinking, what goes into building a cedar strip canoe or a kayak? And I hope you're going to build one. I just got to clean out my garage. <laughs> Because you got all the stuff, right? I do. I have everything. Yeah. So why don't you just drop it off my house, give me an excuse to clean my garage, <laughs> and I'll let you know when it's done. I have all the stuff. Yeah, you could go ahead. You could use, I have the, uh, what I have is the, it's a prospector. The the molds that I have pre-cut, it's all ready to go as a prospector. Mm -hmm. I have the strong back. I have the, it's all there. I, I actually got uh, four rows of uh, cedar strips on the mold before I... I had to move out of my place and everything went into storage. So you have all the cedar strips and all that too. I do. I do have all the cedar really? strips. Really? Yeah. I have everything. Really? I don't have, I never did buy the, uh, the, uh, fiberglass or, or West system epoxy. I was going to buy that as I needed it, which is probably good because it would be bad now if I did buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you buy that and then bring it all over? <laughs> I'll build it. I, uh, and then you can watch me paddle it around. I went up to, uh, Monaghan Lumber in Peterborough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I had, uh, I, I bought like, I bought a bird's eye maple for the nose and the tail. And, uh, it, so I have all, I have the, the decks for the bird's eye maple yep. and I have, I bought all the wood for the seats I was going to make. And, uh, I went down to a lumber place here, Peacock Lumber. And I, I picked out a, uh, it was a, it was like two by 10 or two by 12 of cedar. I don't know why you'd sell that size of cedar, but anyways, so that's what I bought. And I said, now, slice it into the strips. <laughs> you want us to do what? <laughs> mm -hmm. So I asked them to build me like an inch and a quarter by like a uh, quarter inch uh, uh, cedar strips. Right. And then I went, pushed them all through a router and I, I bead, cove and beaded them. So for the cedar strip properly. And now everything is uh, saran wrapped and strapped up into a big bundle in, uh, in my mother-in-law's basement. Ooh, 12 feet long? 
No, they eat. They're all. Uh, I think they're all eighteen or nineteen. Some of them are twenty feet long. Ooh, that's a big one. Well, I wanted extra. I didn't want any seams or joints, right? Yeah. yeah. So I I bought the the longest piece of cedar I could find in their shop, in their in their storage rack, and uh, and I had them all chop it all up. So yeah, I think the shortest pieces I have are like seventeen inches or something, or seventeen feet. Because you're supposed to have a have over. What yeah. you're gonna do? Yeah, right? you want to wait. You want some yeah. waste. Yeah, yeah, you definitely want some waste. Hmm. Not too much, but. Well, when it comes to building a cedar strip canoe or kayak, first thing you got to do is decide on the type of craft you want to make. Are you gonna make a kayak? You're gonna make a canoe. Exactly. And, and that's, what model are you gonna make? Surprisingly, that's a tough thing to decide. Mm-hmm. Because if you're thinking you're gonna put that much effort into it, you you don't want to just flippantly say, "Yeah, I'm gonna build a prospector." You know, it's you know that's, that's a good model. He's, no, you, you there's uh, like. Uh, Mike, he, uh, Mike Burns, he built a Winisk, Winisk, yeah. and which yeah. is an, it's a nice model. He's I like built it. built the Osprey. Yeah. He, yeah. Winisk and Osprey. And, and so he's, he's gone through some of these models and, and I, I chose the Prospector just because it's a, it's a stable tripping platform, high cargo load. I, I, I wasn't necessarily building it to be a pretty craft. I was building it to be a practical and a pretty craft. Right? Yeah. So it's it's really hard. It's uh it really comes down to a personal choice to to decide the 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 model that you're going to build. Well, as well, what are you going to do with it? Are you going on long trips with it? Are you just doing day stuff with exactly. it? Exactly. It's right. With the prospector is good for everything. Exactly. It, it right? and that's why I chose that one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And yeah. So you get all the all the different models, whether it's a, a canoe or a kayak. You got you got to choose all that as well. Then there's all the materials. Yes. You know, and yeah. it, well, and it comes down to even, are you going to use the brass nails? That's a tough one because, uh, like, what, what do you, what do you, have you, you must have seen. I've seen various... the ones with all the brass nails. I'm not big on that look. Mm-hmm. I prefer, like Mike Burns, he doesn't use the nails. Yeah, he, and He's... now, now there's, there's three different ways to go. You could do, and, and usually with the brass nails, you're talking, uh, canvas over cedar strip and stuff like that and they beat the little brass nails in or copper nails and they bend it over the other side and then you canvas the whole thing yeah and but for a typical cedar stripper they uh you can you can hold the strips in place by staples right which then or, you pull out afterwards which you pull out afterwards or you just use a clamping device a homemade clamping device to hold them in place while the glue dries right the thing with the staples is you have all these like Frankenstein zipper lines along all of the uh, all of the seams where you uh, have you know where you put the staples where you in the staple beginning. it yeah. in yeah so it's uh, it, you've got this acne infected canoe when you're done <laughs> and it, it sure it works it's uh, you can for the most part fill them in with a wood filler and mostly hide them but it'll be obvious you'll notice it and I've seen them I've seen. Good jobs, and I've seen bad jobs, and both you really notice it. The bad jobs are so much worse. Yeah, I I, I prefer the, the clean, one where you look look at it and the thinking, clean look. How is that all held together? Yeah, yeah. Which is Mike's Mike's yeah. Mike does that. And so that's and that's the way I was going to do. I was just gonna I was just going to use clamps and stuff like yeah. that. And so the 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 four rows that all I got they they were going together well. You don't you just have to get them to clamp enough to seal so the glue to dry right. Yeah. So it's not like you need, you know, this excess force. The other material you're going to need is wood. The different types of wood. Yes. You know, I mean, yeah. you've seen some of them and they do designs in the in the craft itself. Yes. So there's dark woods, light woods, all that sort of stuff. So you get quite, quite funky with that. And I was starting with that. I was doing, like, I was going to do uh, cedar inlays. Like it was cedar and... Uh, African Purple Heart, and there are all kinds of different woods. I had actually, I have a box at home, a shoebox, with these, uh, you know, eight and twelve inch strips of inlays that I was going to put into the boat that are still sitting in my wood shop, right? Yeah. So I, I actually got quite advanced with how far I was going to go, but I just never. I never <laughs> time ran it. out. Yeah, time <laughs> ran out. Yeah, I mean, and the decks you can get decks different colors of wood and stuff like yes. that as well. I think the biggest thing as we've discussed, is building location. 
you need a good space exactly. that you can walk around, like a garage, a work work shed, something like that. Like a place you're not renting and you get evicted because they sell the house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Temperature controlled because you don't want it totally freezing. Yeah. Adequate ventilation. That ventilation sort of is important. When you yeah. do the epoxy, that stuff is deadly. You'll get dizzy and pass out if you're not properly ventilated, right? Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah, that's you don't want to be messing around with that. Basically like sniffing glue. Yeah. That's <laughs> not up my alley. Um, and you know what? If you're, if you're looking at this sort of thing, we're in the world of connectivity. Google's your friend. Yes. Exactly. People that are doing this are more than usually happy to... To give you tips and, and stuff like that. dozens of videos on YouTube of people building cedar stripper canoes. There's a lot to learn out there. Yeah, I mean, everybody's going to know somebody that can get it if, if you're into all this sort of stuff, yeah. you know, that, that you can put in touch with, with somebody. At the end of the day, though, enjoy doing it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot a of... It's not a job. It's fun. You're yeah. doing it for fun. It's, and it's, it gets a bit pricey, too, so you might as well yeah. enjoy it, right? Yeah. But as we go back to these, these Bear Mountain boats... If you're not sure if you want to build a full-size one, I start with this little tiny one first. <laughs> it's it's a it's a neat little model. Like you go on a Bear Mountain Boats website and look at their model for 125 bucks that you could build at home. It's a beautiful little craft. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, well, I think that's about it for this week. That's all we have for that's this week. All we have time-wise. Uh, if you are looking for us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Instagram anywhere else. We're everywhere. Yeah. We're, yeah, just everywhere. <laughs> uh, go to iTunes, uh, find all our past episodes. You can go to the paddlingadventuresradio.com website and uh, our episode page has everything as well. Um, everything you need to listen to our past shows and listen to us. If you're on iTunes, give us a listen and, uh, give us a little, uh, recommendation. Yeah, a little we, feedback. you think we're good or not. And that's about it. So I'd like to thank everybody for listening. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. We'll see you next time. <laughs>